Welcome back everyone to 12 Wood. My name is Amy Kirkpatrick and today we're going to be catching up. I kind of just went MIA for a week. Uh, I took some time off just to do some traveling and I didn't really announce it, didn't tell anyone. It was all very sudden, but the story is actually kind of cool and what God's doing. And so we're just going to be catching up, uh, talking about those things and a few others. guys thank you so much for kind of going through this last week with me I know the podcast episode just kind of just disappeared all of a sudden with no explanation but I got to tell you I didn't really have the ability to do anything other than what happened and so uh, I'll kind of explain a little bit of that story but it kind of goes back to that testimony of what God's doing right now in my life. You know, I get asked so often, what are your next plans? Where are you going? What are you going to do? And it gets awkward because my my response is always, well, I don't know. And people kind of sit there and look at me like I'm crazy. And I, I it sometimes it's a literal uh, judgment of thinking I'm insane. Uh, and I get that. I know it's not for everybody and it's a challenging thing for me. But this is literally how it goes. This, this, What I'm going to tell you I've been doing for the last week and a half, two weeks, is literally how God moves um, and how he's been acting in Eddie and my life um, over the last like six months or so. And so what all happened is I had I had two episodes recorded and I had them already allotted for release uh, and they were, they were all set up. So I had kind of this cushion of time and I knew my husband and I were kind of thinking about what we we're going to do next. So we had a little powwow. We sat down, had a conversation, started to write down all the things we would like to do over the fall, go to some football games, you know, go to baseball games, visit with family, Thanksgiving, all that stuff. And we were kind of planning out what we'd like to do, go see the fall colors in Maine, whatever. And we were daydreaming about all this stuff. And so, you know, we kind of felt a little overwhelmed because we didn't really know what to do in the next couple weeks. It was almost like a month before all the stuff that we were kind of really excited about uh, would kind of kick into place. We kind of were open to do anything. And so anyway, we we decided we'd kind of think about it. We had some things we wanted to do on the farm in Southern Illinois. And so we were going to go take off and do that. And let's, let's talk about it later. So I actually went into the bedroom. Uh, my husband went out on the tractor and started doing some stuff. And I went in the bedroom and I got down on my knees and I just started praying because I was kind of bothered, you know, I, over the last 15 years walking with the Lord, very rarely, very rarely have I ever had to make decisions on my own without God leading me in some way. Now, I am very, very cautious to wait upon the Lord. So um, sometimes I wait beyond what other people might be comfortable with because I truly believe that God will speak and that he will tell you what his desires are. Uh, he doesn't have a problem communicating. So it's it's a it's a question sometimes if we're willing to wait for what he has to say or if we're going to panic and go ahead and just make decisions on our own. So anyway, that's kind of a, a, a passion of mine. <laughs> you know, it's something I really feel strongly about is waiting upon the Lord to tell me. So very rarely do I move or make decisions without getting confirmation first from the Lord. So, you know, to sit here and make out a whole uh, season of ideas and things that we would like to do, it it felt a little fleshy <laughs> to kind of just go, well, these are the things we're going to do. And this is, this is the, you know, the method that we're going to do it. I, I kind of was sitting there going, well, what does God want? <laughs> where, what, where are we supposed to go that, you know, God wants us to go. So, you know, I got down on my knees and I just started praying and I'm like, Lord, I want to go where you want to take us. And if it's against everything that we've written down, then so be it. If it's perfectly in line, then I pray for that confirmation, you know, and unite Eddie and I in unison and our vision for this. 
So I get off my knees after praying and I go and look at my phone and my dad says, please give me a call. And that's my dad. He's just very straightforward, just, you know, says what he needs to say in text and stuff. And so anyway, I call him. And uh, over the last couple weeks or so, he's been telling me that there was a slim opportunity uh, that, okay, so his best friend lives up in Puget Sound in, uh, in Washington. And they're going to be moving to LA very soon. And they have this beautiful house on the sound. And he has this incredible wood shop, like with, with equipment that's well beyond what my dad has, you know, in value, um, and just everything you can possibly think of. And so there was a very slim possibility that his friend was not going to be able to sell his his equipment and that I would be given it not not have to pay for given and so when my dad was talking to me just now he said hey just so you know my friend didn't sell any of his stuff in fact he's giving you all of it for free but you have to be here by the 9th of August and at the time it was about a week and a half two weeks out something of that sort and I was like, gosh, this is crazy. I mean, I literally got off my knees, walked over to the bed where my phone was sitting and I grabbed it and this came up. So I walked out to Eddie and I was like, okay, so here's the thing. So yes, I, I have always been passionate about woodworking um, because my dad is a woodworker, as I, I said in my very first episode. And so he's always kind of, you know, coaxed me out there and has been teaching me things for years. And I'm very much a beginner, but to be given an entire wood shop with like a lathe and a joiner and a bandsaw and an incredible table saw, like top of the line table saw, uh, a planer, everything you can possibly, routers, everything you can possibly think of, um, just to have them be given to you. I don't know. I still am having a hard time processing it. So anyway, I go out and tell my husband, I'm like, hey, so here's an opportunity. So my husband is so sweet and so kind. I don't know if he really cares that we get this equipment. I don't know if he has any interest in it. So he decides that he's going to go ahead and encourage this process of us going across the country to try and get this equipment. And so what ended up happening is within like a two-day notice, we decided to pack everything up and we booked it out of Southern Illinois and we headed across the country uh, back to Oregon. And, you know, on the way was my husband's birthday. So we didn't really get to celebrate that because he got super sick with the flu. And we had this massive thunderstorm. And we were in Missouri. We had this massive, massive thunderstorm that came over. And I mean, it was thunder and lightning all night from like eight until like through the next day. And it would have been just massive. My, my son and I actually went and slept in the car because it was so insane. But anyway, uh, so he was just throwing up all night on his birthday. And the next day he had fever and chills and everything. So we didn't even get to celebrate. And he's like plowing across the country trying to drive all these hours. It was just, it was a mess. But we're here in Oregon. It feels so good to be here. It feels so good. I love the air. I love the lack of bugs. I love the lack of humidity. It's amazing here. It's gorgeous. Um, so anyway, we got we got to go up to the sound and hang out for a couple of days, got that equipment, came back. But it's been a whirlwind week and a half, two weeks. And so yes, the episodes have gone on pause. But at the same time, I am so, so thankful for this blessing of getting this brand new wood shop. It even makes me wonder, what is God doing that he decided to give me a wood shop? Like, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what your beliefs are. I don't, beliefs are, I don't know how you guys view this. Um, but I tend to believe that, you know, these massive gifts are from God, that this is part of his design, that he has orchestrated these things. And so I'm sitting here going, 
what is he doing, you know? And maybe maybe it's just one of those situations where it's given to me and it wasn't part of his design, but I'm definitely going to have my ears perked up and my eyes open looking for God's fingerprints on this. Like maybe down the road there's some reason I'm supposed to have this equipment, this wood shop. I don't know, but I'm definitely taking note. It's definitely in my head as far as just recognizing you know, that, that this really obscure thing happened of getting, you know, this wood shop that somebody worked to build for almost 40 years, um, has, you know, I don't even know how many dozens and dozens of thousands of dollars have been put into it, love, care, and he was absolutely meticulous with his stuff. And so just to be gifted that, I, I really don't even have words for it, to be honest. to share a little story with you that I I think a little hilarious story uh, about my husband and I that I think is a really great metaphor for kind of what has been in my mind lately uh, as far as how we pursue Christ and kind of the struggles that some of us have in some things and the strengths that we have in other things. So a couple years ago, we were, my husband and I were celebrating our, I think our 10th anniversary. I don't even know if it was like a big one or not. It might've been 12th or something. I don't know. But we were celebrating our anniversary and we were out in Bend, Oregon. And one of our good friends had given us a free, uh, like lesson or free rental on paddle boards. And my husband and I have never really done anything on paddle boards before. So for the most part, I'm the water baby. I'm the person that loves to go rafting and, you know, all throughout high school and college, I'd go rafting all the time with my friends, uh, heading down the American River in California or wherever we wherever we could possibly find rapids, we would go. I'd always be in the water swimming. I just love the water. It's just my happy place. It makes me calm. I love kayaking, canoeing, all that stuff. And my husband's not as much into that, but he loves the outdoors. So he, he really loves to sort of... Um, do do presents and do events and stuff that um that like encourage that in me. He knows I he knows I love it and he knows it makes me happy. So anyway, so he was kind of along for the ride, but he has never done this before either. Now, my husband also is not a phenomenal swimmer. He's very dense in weight. And so he's not like a really big guy or really like he's not overweight or anything like that, but he just sinks like a hot rock. And so as far as swimming goes, it's not necessarily his favorite thing in the whole world because, again, he's not super sure that he's not going to sink to the bottom of whatever water that he's in and drown and, you know, die. So so it's not necessarily his strong suit. But for this, we, he was going to go ahead and be a good sport about <laughs> paddleboarding. And, you know, I was pretty confident and excited about it. I didn't, I guess I didn't have really any nerves about it. And so we, we get to the facility, you know, we come in, here's our name, here's our gift certificate, and we get two paddleboards. And there's not really anybody out there to kind of help us understand how to get started. So naturally, Eddie, Eddie likes to let me lead in those things that take uh, a little bit more adventure spirit. And okay, you go first, I'm going to follow you. So so anyway, there's a ton of people on the river this day, a ton of people, and they're all over the place on tubes, on paddle boards, kayaks, canoes, and they were all just floating down the river. And so we were told that if we head upstream, we will find this little bridge that we can turn around at, and then we can head back, and it would be exactly an hour rental, it'd be perfect. So 
I get in, I get on the water and I put my paddleboard down and I immediately like step onto the paddleboard off this like little flat dock that's sitting right on the water. And I get on and I immediately just start shaking the board around trying to see like, how does this balance? How can I move? Can I step here or step there to kind of see, you know, my stability? Like, what can I do on this thing? Can I do a backflip or do I need to sit pretty still? You know, that kind of thing. So, so anyway, I'm kind of dancing around on it, being a nerd. And, uh, and then I push off from the dock and I head out into the middle of the river and I'm like trying to figure out how to back up, how to paddle right to get the best, you know, pull with my, my oar and all that stuff. And my husband, I hear him kind of yell out to me and <laughs> he's trying to figure out, he's got two hands on the board and he's trying to figure out, and he's down on his knees and he's trying to figure out how, how to get onto the board. And so I'm yelling at him from you know, out in the middle of the river trying to give him, you know, guide. And so eventually he kind of steps onto it and he's all over the place. I mean, really jittery. It's waving back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and eventually I'm just like, you know, you have to relax, you have to relax, you know. And so he's he's getting frustrated with me uh, because of his nerves. He's just getting really, really, really tense. And so naturally, like when he gets tense, his, his natural tendency is that everything is frustrating. <laughs> so so he starts telling, come back, come back, like you're too far away, come, you know, help me, whatever. And so I kind of move back over in his area and kind of coax him out, kind of, you know, pep talk him out into the river. And uh, we start taking off and we've, we've been maybe on the boards for five minutes. We haven't gotten very far. We're going real slow. And he's just going, gosh, this is killing my legs. This is killing my legs. My feet are killing me. And I'm kind of, you know, a part of me, I have this natural tendency that when I don't understand thing, something, I naturally make this face as if I think you're an idiot. And it's not, <laughs> it's not actually my thought, but it's, it's kind of my like confusion face is actually at the same face as you're an idiot. And, <laughs> and I, I hate that, but it, it is what it is. So anyway, I was, I was looking at him kind of like, I don't even understand what you're talking like, you know, I was trying to figure out why would he be so exhausted? And I was like, well, it sounds like you need to relax. Just, just relax. Just stand calm, you know, just, just get on the board, kind of bend your knees a little bit. And again, pep talk, drop your shoulders. Um, and he's like, this is so exhausting. This is stupid. This is stupid. I hate this. This is stupid. <laughs> and, and so, you know, he knows it's an hour and he, I can tell when my husband is just about to put his head down and just endure. And so, and so he keeps pushing up the, up the creek and we're not really having an exceptional time because he's not really talking much. You can tell he's not having fun. He's miserable and he's super exhausted. And so I just kind of spend my time looking around and looking at the scenery and listening to the birds and just trying to memorize as much of the view as I possibly can. I have some memory issues. So some ways that I kind of fight my memory issues is by, you know, really taking time to examine and almost take snapshots of what I see. And so anyway, that's what I was doing. Just totally enjoying it. Um, so we get up to this bridge and we got to turn around. So <laughs> I already know, I don't even have to, I don't even have to uh, talk to him about it. This is part of marriage as you get to know your spouse so well that I know he's going to freak out. I know he's going to freak out and happen to turn his board that that's going to be really uncomfortable and he's not going to be really sure about how to do that. And so we go up far enough. I'm like, okay, so nobody's around for a hot second. So let's try to see if we can kind of turn around, you know, and so we're kind of talking through it. And I'm kind of purposely, you know, kind of acting as if I'm figuring it out too, you know, so, so that it's us together, you know, um, taking all those cues and I've learned over a long-term marriage. And, and so we get through that, but then he's like, I need to sit down. I need to sit down. I was like, uh, okay, well, I haven't sat down yet. So I don't even know how you're going to do that. Cause it is wobbly enough that that could be a dangerous move. Right. So he's like, okay, uh, 
uh, I need to sit down. I need to sit down. I'm like, uh, well, let's just keep going though. I mean, you know, cause to me, I'm thinking this isn't a great, <laughs> great idea. So, um, as we're kind of drifting back under the bridge, we're getting real close to the bridge. He decides that he's going to take his paddleboard off to one of the, the pylons, I guess is what you'd call it. And he wants to hang on to that to get down onto his board. But the river is moving swiftly enough that it shoves him up against the pylon. And it's kind of pushing, making his board a little wobbly. And then on top of that, because he's now gripped it with one hand, the whole thing's leaning a little harder. Well, within a matter of 10, 10 seconds, there is at least three different uh, people and little tubes and a kayaker and a paddleboarder and all these people starting to stack up behind him because he's lengthwise across the the gap in the bridge and he's kind of creating this wall for everybody so all these people are starting to show up and, and want to get down the river uh and let me also state this that my husband one of my husband's greatest fears is trying to do something for the first time or trying to learn a new skill in front of other people like he can't stand it he hates it. And at all costs, if he has to wait all day long to avoid a situation where people might watch him like parallel park or, or something of that sort, or back up like a huge, massive truck with a trailer, like he would rather have, have, you know, to sit around for 12 hours than have to do it in that moment. So here he is trying to learn how to get down on his knees. And he's got these six or seven people. Okay, so this is what you got to do all talking to him like he's five years old okay okay now get down on your knees and I can see him like in that panicky state of almost shaking uh super tense and also wanting life to end right then and there he's just dying like hating the situation so much and I'm I'm dying myself because at this point I know what he wants is just to move forward with this moment so I don't want to add into it I don't want to encourage him some more I know he wouldn't want to hear it but I'm dying inside I am laughing so hard inside like I can't even I can't even tell you like the irony of the situation and how it built up was just hilarious. So he completely gives up and he decides he's going to try to stand back up and he lets go of the pylon so that the traffic can move with him. But for some reason, these people were still wanting to help him. So they follow him down the river. And so again, we're going really slow because we're not paddling um, because my husband still wants to get down on his knees. He wants these people to pass him so he can do his thing without being watched. But they keep following him and they're not paddling and they're not trying to get down the river either. And so they're sitting right there still trying to help him. So he gets down eventually like kind of, they kind of give him the tips for getting down and grabbing the board and then getting down to his knees and he gets down in the water and then everybody passes by him and he just looks at me like this this is the suckiest thing ever this is the worst thing ever in the whole world <laughs> and so we we keep going I mean this has been a lovely anniversary experience for the two of us we keep going and eventually get back to the dock and again he wants me to get off first so I get back to the dock I step off the dock I grab my board get on the dock well Eddie shows up he's already sitting down on his board and the only way he can think to get off is to literally just roll off to to literally roll onto the deck and just keep rolling <laughs> so so here's my husband with all these people all around and he's he's like flat like a seal on it and then he rolls onto the deck and just <laughs> for my husband there's just no worse situation no no harder situation and so 
Anyway, we grab our powder boards. We're just done. We get in the car and he just goes, oh my gosh, that was just such a marathon. He goes, I feel like I ran a marathon. That's, that's how intense my body feels, how tired and exhausted it is. And I was like, you've got to be kidding. Cause my husband has ran, you know, multiple days at 30 miles, you know, for long periods, stretch of times throughout the year and stuff. So he knows, I mean, he knows what it's like to run four or five hours and stuff. And so, uh, he's like, no, I really, my legs, my legs are so exhausted. That's what it feels like I ran a marathon. And, you know, it got me to thinking, and this is the kind of that parallel metaphor, you know, how some of us struggle so much in certain aspects of our faith while it's so, so easy for others, you know, and sometimes those things are so, um, you know, special like worship, you know, some people just worship just comes so easily to them. And so, you know, we see those things, they just look so exceptional, like a, like an athlete, you know, doing their sport, you can just see that there's something beautiful about it. And you want that and you, you know, you crave to, you know, live out your faith in a way like that worship person. But we don't realize that every person has their, their thing that they struggle in the way my husband struggled with paddleboarding, that we just get tense and we get frustrated and we shut down. And, you know, I'm sitting here enjoying the view. I remember exactly what the birds sound like. I remember exactly where the mountains were. And my husband probably didn't see a lick of that. He missed all of it. You know, he's, he's trying to, you know, go down the the river of faith and, and he's just missing out on everything that God's doing because he's so tight. He's so nervous. He's so, so intense, you know, that he's missing on all the stuff that's happening around. And so we're getting two radically different experiences, right? And you know, for me, there's certain aspects of my faith that have just come really, really easy. But I've, I've been noticing that I'm, I've got that Eddie paddleboard mentality with certain aspects. Like every time we go to change, like this drastic change of dr- coming out to Oregon just this week or this last week and a half, uh, I have that paddleboard mentality where I just stiffen up and I get so intense and I get frustrated and I get grouchy and all this comes over me. And it's like, it's a really cool thing, honestly, like as much as I hate that I do that at the same time, I think it's good to feel human in your faith, to to see the places where you need to work on, to appreciate the fact that we all have our things because some things are easier for Eddie and faith than they are for me. And so it's just, it's good that we can rely on each other. It's good that we have those things to relate to other people. Uh, and, I, and I think it's also... Um, it's just good to recognize those moments where we're not trusting the Lord because I know that's what it comes down to. That's what I, I know that that tension, that stress, that that um, tightness of paddleboarding mentality comes when we're having a hard time believing that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. We have a hard time trusting that he is the God Almighty, creator of the universe, the one that has all things um, that he sees them all. He, he, he knows what's coming. He knows what's in our past. He knows what we're going to face an hour from now. And he knows what's going to be in our life exactly 10 years from now or 50. He knows it all, but yet we get so tense because we're uncomfortable, but that just shows where we need to grow and where we need to develop. And so today, you know, just sharing that story, I just, I wanted to just challenge everybody to kind of see those moments when they have paddleboard mentality, where they're just tense and tight uh, when when they just feel like they can't breathe, they're exhausted. You know, when you're exhausted in faith, that is a good that's a good sign that that is a spot um, or a, a period of time that you need to stop, take a deep breath, get on your knees, pray with the Lord, and ask God to reveal the things that we're paddleboarding. You know, <laughs> Eddie paddleboarding. Um, 
and, and, you know, ask God to teach us how to let go of these things and release them. And I noticed that um, every single time we have to make a massive transition, I get better and better and better. And I'm at the point now where people start asking me questions about the next shift. And I used to get like kind of that weird feeling in my stomach. And I used to kind of feel like it was a little hard to breathe and all that. And now I don't have that almost at all. And I'm just kind of like almost excited and ready for change, even though I might still get the the stressed out tension. It doesn't mean, you know, that I'm not growing in it. And so it's kind of a cool thing that when we're willing to address our paddleboard mentality, mentalities that, um, that we can grow and we can get better. But if we kind of hide those things or we choose not to address the things that we need to work on, then we just continue to sit in the same thing. We continue to have the same anxieties and stresses and that kind of thing. So anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted you to kind of recognize your own paddleboard mentality see if you got something in you and, and get on your knees and pray and ask the Lord to help you to loosen up and to drop your shoulders, to stop looking down at your feet because you're panicked about what's going to happen next, but to lift your eyes, look at the scenery, see what God's doing, look at his glory, right? Try to memorize it, try to soak it in and uh, just take it in for all it's worth because it's a gorgeous, gorgeous view. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. You know, if you have any questions or if you have any ideas of things that you would like to hear about, please feel free to email me. I'd love to talk with you guys. My email is 121podcast at gmail.com. It's all spelled out, no numbers. And I would love just to hear your ideas and your story. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. And I hope you have a blessed day.